This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Known and Ever podcast. This is your host Natalie Bromley and we are back with another hybrid show, we are looking back at that much-needed win away at Luton on Tuesday night. Gets the Clarets off to a winning start, finally, after, what, six games six, six games trying. Um, and we're also looking ahead to Chelsea at the weekend. These games, they don't come back easily, do they? We've only just been able to get a crack at a, a game that's winnable, and we're now facing Chelsea again at Turf Moor. Um, I'm joined by regular statistician Dave Statman-Roberts, who's going to give you all the stats and facts ahead of the game. And we're joined by regular panellist Tom Whitaker, who is going to give us his view of that Luton victory and his thoughts ahead of Chelsea. We've also got Chelsea fan input as well. So let's get going. Gentlemen, gentlemen, Dave, welcome. Tom, welcome. How are we both? Yeah, much better for three points. Thank you very much, Natalie. Yeah, as a quick aside before we get going, Tom, we need to drag you out of this dep- little this little sad mood that you're in. Burnley are not making you feel good this season, are they? We need to drag you out of it. Well, you know, I like to think I'm a realist. Um, I'm not a I'm not a glass half or I'm not a glass half empty. Um, I certainly enjoyed Tuesday night. I had a great time down in Luton. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. So, yeah, I'd probably say I feel, I feel better than I did on Saturday. Anyway. Lovely. Well, we'll come back to you in a minute and we'll get your thoughts from that Luton game. Dave, you've got another load of trickery to, to give us tonight, please. Um, Chelsea away this time. Um, you must be feeling good. After you admitted at the last preview show, uh, it must have been the Robbie effect. We get Robbie out of sabbatical and suddenly everybody goes happy. After you admitted that it's a w- must-win game, you must be feeling good that it was actually a win. Well, I, I did predict the right the, the right result and the right score, but I didn't say it was a must-win game, so please pretty don't misquote sure, me. Pretty sure you did. Pretty sure you did, Dave. Uh, right, well, let's crack on then. Uh, we'll give you a quiz question in a minute when our thoughts turn to Chelsea. But uh, Tom, Luton, um, very following a bit of a pattern, I think. Very strong first-half performance. A little bit nervy, I think, but um, class shone through. We took a, a deserved lead at half-time. Went bananas in the second half in terms of just defending and losing a bit of shape and losing that press conceded a horrible goal but then scored a world day to regain the lead which has happened to us a lot this season bit of a roller coaster of emotions and you've, you've obviously alluded to it at the start of the show you're feeling better kick us off sum up that victory yeah I think um before the game I think 
people were maybe a little bit too dismissive of Luton. I remember the game last season was was really difficult. It was a it was a victory, but it was a, a hard fought victory. They've got a lot of strengths that kind of uh, align to our weaknesses. You know, the, the powerful, the physical, the good in the air. Um, and I thought it would be a bit of a slog. Um, but I think, as you said there, really what shone through was the quality. There's been a, a few games this season where we've just been undone by a moment of brilliance from teams who've got you know better, more expensive players. And, and we were kind of on the other end of that uh, in this game. First half, I thought we were the better team. Deserved lead at half-time. Nice goal, although some, probably some bad defending from the Luton side as well. Mm. And then the second half, um, it turned into the Alamo, really. It was... And we, we had to ride our luck quite a lot. Cullen heading one off the line for the only header yes. he ever made. Uh, <laughs> that was a cracking clearance, Tom. I was like, I wonder yeah, where we came really from. Good. Really good. But the, it was kind of symptomatic of the fact that every other ball into the box, really, we lost the header. Um, mm. And I think if Fleet had a bit more quality, then they would have they would have scored more than the goal they got. So many free headers, you know, um, the first header won and not following it up, things like that. And from 70 minutes onwards, you were really just in your way and we were just thinking a goal's coming here. You could feel it. Um, not that we defended badly per se. I think probably showed a different side to our games. We'll not talk about Cullen not being physical enough for the Premier League, but I thought he got stuck in and, and he stood up to it really well. Uh, Burge makes a big difference in that midfield. Similar to the Salford game, he was really uh, really running the show for us in, in that area. Um, but eventually they got that, that equaliser Roberts just uh, he's got no chance in the air against some of those players no he hasn't case all night lost that header and then they get the tap in and you're thinking oh god here we go start getting the roadmaps out for Plymouth away next season um, Tom it, come on <laughs> well it really felt like that was you know, must win game see well if, we, if you're not going to win your home games you know you've, we're going to need to pick up some points from somewhere and you know, it was the, the best opportunity we've had so far. And when you conceded that goal, especially so late on, you're thinking, oh, here we go again. And a, a point maybe would have been fair with the way the game was going. And you could even feel in the stadium, you know, thinking we've got on the ropes here, we could get a second. And that that second goal just came out of nowhere. It was just a, a moment. Oh, incredible, right? Oh, so good. And, and, you know, the first few games I'd been down as a bit of the JVG type, like kind of, Steady and occasionally pull something out, but he's he's got more quality than I thought. Um, the goal against I like him. Yeah. I like him yeah, a lot. I, I think yeah, he's great. I've come around him. I have to say, the goal was just fantastic. You know, he's just hit out the corner to even go for that. You know, when there's so much on the line, it shows confidence. It shows bravery. Fantastic goal, and it, and you could feel it in the stadium. It just sucked all the I life out. The momentum, <laughs> you know, it's building and building, and then that goal, and then. After that, you knew we were going to win because Luton just didn't have it in them to get up. Deflated them completely, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really did. And and the the rest of the game was relatively comfortable from there. So, yeah, it, as, as I say, just just that bit more quality than Luton, which you'd expect with the money we spent, of course. But it was, you know, it's nice, nice to have it go our way for once uh, so far this season. We've been on the, the wrong side of a couple of tight games and, and it was great to just have that bit of quality to win it. It was such a big three points, you know. As I say, we've not played too many teams that are going to be down there yet this season. But if we were dropping points against them as well, and especially from being one of the for so much of the game, it would have really shaken the confidence, I think, especially with probably a more difficult game coming up this Saturday as well. So just to get that over the line, to get the first three points on the board, it's really lifted the mood, I think, in the away and was bouncing on and a fantastic place to be at the time.
Yeah, I'm really pleased for the fans as well that have shown up and they've been able to get there, those who were able to get tickets, because I think it just makes a massive difference. And it gives, we know we're not going to be winning as many games, but there's no way we're going to be winning the games. We're winning the championship and it's going to be, you know, we got a little bit complacent towards the end to the point where it was a bit of a shock when we lost to QPR at home. Um, oh, but I'm still convinced that that was deliberate. Um, so we've got to take those moments and, and for those fans that are managing to be there for the moments that we do take this season. I'm really pleased for them. Um, I still have some question marks about our defensive capabilities in this league. Um, and we're not going to talk about Murich and, and and Trafford. I've seen so many debates on social media again this week about whether it's time to give Murich a goal. We're not going to cover that again. So we did that last week. But one of the things I did want to highlight from one of our defenders who we're particularly um, comfortable with we were very, very lucky not to concede a penalty. What on earth was Jordan Bayer thinking, diving in the way he did for that challenge? Because I've seen them given a lot. Yeah, it was one of them, I think, where if it's given, then the VAR doesn't overturn it. But with it not being given, I think it would be borderline because when you watch it sort of... And initially, you know, from the away end, it's obviously down the other side of the pitch, but it looked like he just won the ball. It was a good tackle. It's a risky one and he, and he doesn't need to go to the ground there, I don't think. But you can see the ball spin away and when you watch it back, he definitely makes contact with the ball. It's how much contact he makes with the man as well and whether he makes that contact before or after he plays the ball. But as I say, I think when you watch it in real time, on the first glance, you think that's a good tackle. And when you watch the replays, it's kind of, I could see both sides. You know, I've seen Luton fans saying it wasn't a penalty. I've seen Birmingham saying it was. I just think it's it's so borderline that I don't think you, you can say that VAR should have overturned that. So, no. but let's not take that risk. Got away with one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and this perhaps one... got away with one, but I think it would have been harsh. I think it would, have been, it would have been harsh, but that's not to say it wouldn't have been given. I don't underestimate the ability of VAR in this league to give those penalties or disallow those goals, irrespective of how harsh they were. Hi, Clarets. Richard Steele here from the Known In Ever podcast. Obviously, this time, yesterday evening, a lot more anxious <laughs> watching the game kind of unfold as it did, but um, a massively, massively important three points and, uh, yeah, one that can hopefully kick our se- uh, kick start our season. Um, I think going into the game, I think we really knew that we needed to win. It was a 100% a must-not-lose. First half, we were excellent. Um, I thought we knocked knocked the ball around really well. I thought we contained Luton's threat as well. And a little bit sloppy at times in the final third, but scored a great goal. I think Burge is looking a lot better, number 10. And it's a big, uh, makes a big difference having Foster in the team. And he took his really goal, and he he took his goal really well. Yeah, when we deservedly went went into the break in the lead. But then second half was a completely different story. We couldn't, really get out we got put under a lot of pressure Luton squeezed the pitch well and it's not easy you know playing playing away there overall I thought we defended pretty well Trafford didn't have a lot of saves to make um Morris had a couple of headers from corners which he should have scored and then you kind of as the game's going on as the nerves rise you kind of hoping was cling we'd cling on I thought we got away with a penalty on Bayer no there's a bit of contentiousness about that one, but I thought he just got the player first and then it was just such a killer blow to concede the goal and you thought, oh, they could go on to win it. And the next thing you see when I was watching the game, Brun Larson was just going away celebrating and what a goal it was. I think he's a really talented player, Brun Larson, and I'm sure as he gets up to speed more, we'll, we'll see a lot of him. 
So yeah, much needed three points. Wasn't an amazing overall performance, uh, even though we played well first half. But again, onwards and upwards. Looking forward to get getting back to the turf on on Saturday, and hopefully we can you know get a few more points on the board soon. Um, final point then before we move on to to preview Chelsea. Um, the return of Lyle Foster and just his performance in the first half just reinforced what a loss he was and how critical he's going to be for us for the rest of this season. Yeah, I mentioned um, uh, in my piece after the Man United game that we were that we just didn't have a goal in us. We just didn't look like we were going to score. And it's the lack of presence up front. I think Cam Dooney is a good player. He's, he's a good dribbler, but he needs to play a bit deeper. I don't think he's in yeah. the nine. You know, he missed that chance no. against Newcastle where I think Foster puts that away. Uh, three goals already, and it, and it should be four, really, with the one disallowed at Forest very harshly. So that is a fantastic return for any striker. So, uh, what is it, five, five games he's played so far? It's, yeah, it's a super exactly. Three and five yeah. Premier League plus one in the league, I think. So, yeah, in the cup, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, so, a ridiculous one disallowed. So, yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's we need that focal point, I think. And yes. probably need a bit of backup for him in January because we saw how, how you know, more, more goal shy the team was without him in the the United and Newcastle games. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's definitely an area that we're going to need to be looking to strengthen in, in January as well. Um, I, I don't see any natural um, standing man in the in the squad at the moment um, that can help that position. So I think that's definitely somewhere. I think Jay is okay. Um, but I, for me, that he's not the answer in January. I think he has to come on as, a, as an emergency sub now rather than a, a replacement. So let's see where we are. Uh, Dave, right, let's move on to Chelsea. Um, let's go through your preview show. Um, thank you, Tom. Um, quiz question first, please. Um, as you know, listeners, we now give you the question at the beginning of the show, so you can uh, have the full du- full duration of the podcast to think about your answers. Follows a similar theme. It's got something to do with played for both and number of games. So, Dave, what are you going to set our listeners, please? Uh, well, twelve players have represented Burnley and Chelsea since nineteen forty six up to the end of last season but only three of them have made at least 50 league appearances for both clubs during that time. But can you name them? As a clue, one was from the 1940s, 1950s, so a little bit more obscure. Another is from the 1970s and 80s. And the third is more recent. Lovely. Um, we will have a think about that. Uh, Tom, keep your question. Keep your, and Tom... Tom Dave's even put this in the show notes. I don't know what he thinks of us. I don't think that we're this stupid, but he's saying, keep your guesses to yourself. Okay. Any immediate thoughts? Do you think you know some of these? I reckon I might have two, but I'll... Uh, <gasps> You're so good. So good. I'll see you Googling throughout the show. Uh, Dave, okay. It is uh, another Premier League fixture for the Mighty Clarets. It is Saturday at 3pm kickoff at home. It's Chelsea. It's not televised anywhere in the UK, but can you please kick us off our match preview by giving us your match results summary? Yes, we've got a summary of past home league games against Chelsea. We spent just seven previous seasons together in the second tier and have been much more likely to encounter Chelsea in the top flight. Uh, There have been 40 past seasons in the top tier, making this season number 41, as well as all of our previous eight seasons in the Premier League more recently. Uh, With an overall home record of 21 Burnley wins, 12 draws and 14 Chelsea wins, at all levels, Burnley still have the upper hand, which is reinforced by a positive goal difference of plus 27, with 85 goals for and just 58 against. However, many of Burnley's home wins are from much longer ago, 
and this mass and absence of any home league wins for the Clarets in this fixture for the last 40 years. Mm, good stuff. Um, okay, we'll move on to our first of our new feature for this season, please. And we are looking at two contrasting games. It's called One to Remember, One to Forget, and we're looking at two memorable past matches. Dave, kick us off, please. Are we going back to the One to Remember first? Uh, we are this time, yeah, we've switched it around. Um, despite Burnley picking up a win and three draws from our eight Premier League matches at Stamford Bridge, uh, we've so far picked up just one point in eight previous home matches against Chelsea at Turf Moor in the Premier League era. That came thanks to a, a marvellous free kick from Robbie Brady in a 1-1 draw in February 2017. Uh, so for our one to remember, from a Burnley perspective anyway... Uh, it's our last top-flight home win over Chelsea, which was just over 50 years ago, back in August of 1973. After 80 minutes without a goal, it was Frank Casper who finally broke the deadlock. And after being set up by Doug Collins, he smashed a shot past Peter Bonetti from just outside the box. Frank described it as the best goal he'd ever scored. And it was a worthy winner for a buoyant Clarence side, which had recorded back-to-back -back victories in the first two matches of the season after promotion back to the top flight, not to mention a Charity Shield victory in the season's curtain raiser. In terms of our other flip side of the coin, you can probably take your pick of matches to forget from the recent meetings at Turf Moor, as well as two narrow defeats by a single goal. The other five defeats in our eight recent Premier League home matches against Chelsea have included two by a two-goal deficit. That's a 3-1 defeat and a 4-2 defeat as well as a 3-0 defeat and two more by a 4-0 scoreline. Not so much one to forget, but five. We'll spare <laughs> you all the details, but let's hope we can build on the good result at Luton from Tuesday night and do something we haven't managed since April 1983 and beat Chelsea at Turf Moor. Here, here. Well, let's see what our Chelsea fans have got to think about that. Are they relishing the prospect of coming up to Turf Moor on a wet and windy Saturday afternoon in October. We got our we got sorry our opponents this week are Chelsea Fancast and we got their views ahead of the game. Afternoon, this is Stamford Chidge from the Chelsea Fancast, uh, having a look at Chelsea playing up at Burnley this weekend. Well, we just come off the back of a great win against Fulham, and by God, we needed it. Uh, I mean, this season's been a a continuation of last season, really awful results uh, with a lot of new players not really gelling and uh, also hampered by quite a lot of injuries. Uh, and of course, the bigger, biggest problem remains, and that's actually not being able to put the ball into the net, rather important for football. So as a consequence, there's a lot of nervousness uh, around Chelsea at the moment, both on and off the pitch. Uh, the new owners have taken a massive gamble, uh, spending uh, a, a lot of money on, on, on proven young players. And we kind of understand why they have, but uh, we're not really used to be, uh, you know, having to be patient down at Chelsea. Uh, and a lot of the decisions the owners are making there, you know, relating to ticket prices, uh, it's kind of any goodwill that they have when they came in seems to be disappearing quite quickly. And of course, all, all this gets worse uh, when performances and results on the pitch aren't good enough. And quite simply, they haven't been. Uh, I mean, right now, we're, we're miles off it and, and a long way from what well, it seems like it's a long way from challenging for titles and trophies, you know, which is what we've been doing for the last 20 years. 
Having said that, uh, I was there on Monday night when we played Fulham and, and we, I thought we played really well, actually. Defence looked really solid and, and has been for a few weeks now. Uh, even with Cucurella filling in in, in uh, a right back and that's not really his position, he's more of a left back. So he's playing out of position, but he's done OK. Uh, the keeper, Sanchez, uh, looks a lot better and more dependable than Kepa. Um, mind you, having said that, he does cause quite a few heart attacks with his distribution. Um, now, Pochettino, um, he tinkered with the midfield a bit on Monday uh, and he played more of a three in midfield with uh, Caicedo at the base and Fernandez and Gallagher playing really as number eights with Fernandez playing slightly deeper. Gallagher was more advanced and I, and I actually think they look really, really good and it, and it seemed to suit them all a lot better. Uh, Mudrick, uh, he, he's slowly, slowly beginning to look like the player he spent a lot of money on, and he scored a really, really good goal. Fantastic assist by uh, the make-weight uh, left-back, because, I mean, Colwell's more of a, a centre-back than a left-back. It was a super ball by him. Uh, Cole Palmer, who we bought from Man City, uh, he oozes class. He looks like a really, really good player, and I think potentially could be the best signing we made. Um, and Brozier, we had uh, Armando Brozier playing up front uh, for his first start for a long time. He got a really nasty injury last year but he, he looks like a proper striker like a Premier League striker he's a unit and he can hold the ball up up front and uh, he doesn't get bullied off the ball and he can play people in and and he, he scored a, a like a proper striker's goal in other words it, it basically just rebounded off his shin and went in but if you know what I mean that's a proper striker's goal because he was there and in the right place so um, he does provide a bit of presence up front which I think is what we need um, hopefully uh, on Saturday, Pochettino will go with the same starting eleven. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he brings Nicholas Jackson back after suspension. Personally, I hope he he, he picks Brozier, but I mean, you know, Brozier is coming back from an injury, so even if he does start, he might not get a full match. But I, I like the way that he's, he seems more able to play up front on his own, and I like Jackson, but I'm not sure if he's quite good enough yet to be able to do that. Either way. Uh, you know, obviously we need to, to win against Burnley on Saturday. All, all the positivity that we've gained from winning back-to-back -back matches uh, will disappear. And we've got some pretty tough matches coming up in the next few weeks. I think we've got Arsenal, we've got Spurs coming up as well. Anyway, I mean, there's actually a theory that's been kicking around that we haven't actually been playing too badly in spite of the results, which, which have been poor. Uh, I mean, as I said, we have been solid defensively. We have been creating a lot of chances. It's just that we not we don't seem capable of putting them away. Um, so if it is beginning to click, um, which it may be, uh, we are capable of giving giving somebody a hammering. And if Burnley do try and play football, which uh, I'm led to believe that's what they're doing under company, it might give us the space to exploit. But the question, of course, still remains: Are we capable of fin finishing off the chances that we create? Anyway, I will be there and I'm going to be taking my nephew to his first away trip to Burnley, his first proper away trip, Oop North. Uh, I'll obviously be introducing him to some Eccles cakes. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, if we do win, it'll be our first back-to-back -back Premier League away win for a year, which just shows you where we're at as a club at the moment, which is unbelievable, really, if you think about it. But uh, as ever, I'm an optimist and I'm going to stick my neck out for a 2 0 win to Chelsea. Anyway, I'm looking forward to Saturday, as I'm sure you guys are, and uh, hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Dave. Referee details, please. Uh, we've got Stuart Atwell of Nuneaton, who turns 41 this Friday. He's the referee for Burnley versus Chelsea on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Burnley have picked up just five victories from the previous 16 of our matches he's taken charge of, although they include a couple of Premier League wins in the two most recent matches on the list. Uh, that's a 3-1 away win over Brighton. That was in February 2019. And a 2-0 home win over Southampton in April 2022. His 16 previous Burnley matches have produced just two red cards, and they were shown to uh, Henry Lansbury of Nottingham Forest, remember him, and also Andy Carroll of Newcastle United. Darren Bond has been appointed as the video assistant referee for this fixture. Lovely stuff. Tom, they don't get much of an opportunity to get an extended winning run in the Premier League today. Uh, we've gone. We've had just a ridiculous number of fixtures, but this is the last one before we start to go into some more winnable games after the international break um, with Bournemouth and Brentford coming up after that. Um, it's been a bit of a funny one, isn't it, really? Uh, Chelsea have had a troubled start to the season, shown some inconsistent form, some horror displays, but some very strong displays. Seem like they're settling a little bit. Um, are you still expecting tough tests at turf, or do you think this is going to be similar to the United game where we can look to try and and capitalise on some under-par performances. Yeah, I think the United game is is a good comparison, really. I think there's a bit... I, I was really frustrated after that one because it was as if we played... It, it, it was as if we, we felt like we were playing Man United of 20 years ago rather yeah. than, you know, the team we had out. Yeah, we played the... We we, yeah, we played the reputation and not the players in front of us, didn't we? Yeah, especially second half. And we, just, we just didn't seem to have that confidence to go out and then... Chelsea are not the side they were a few years ago. Um, you know that I know they won on uh, Monday night, but they're not blowing teams away even when they are picking up points. It's only a couple of weeks ago they went to Bournemouth and drew nil nil, and while they're creating a lot, they're missing a lot of chances, and it's because they haven't got quality up front. Really, I think that Jackson is yet to get going. Similar with uh, with Modric, you know, he's uh, I'm sure he'll turn out to be a good player in time, but he's not showing it at the minute. Um, and I think if we if we but you know they're a mid-table side, really, um, and and you know that I think they finished twelfth or something last season, was it? Maybe even mm. lower. And yeah, you know, we've been talking season. a lot about how we're playing top sixteen, top eight teams from last season, Spurs, Villa, but they're not on Spurs and Villa's level. Um, certainly no. not. So it's a game where we can get something from. We heard from Dave there about how shocking our record is against Chelsea in the Premier League, and this has got to represent our best opportunity to get a win against Chelsea at the Turf in the Premier League. So. Uh, as much as you know, we shouldn't expect to, to be turning anybody over. 
I think it would be great to, to to take some momentum from that losing game and and a bit of confidence. And it's a winnable game for me. And, and I'll be disappointed if we lose and, and we have people coming off the turf saying, "Oh well, it's Chelsea. Can't expect to get anything." Um, because I think we can. We we can. Uh, we're capable of doing it. We're capable of doing it. Put it that way. If we play well. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting point that you raised there, um, Tom. And I think as much as the players did the same against United, I think us as fans have done the same thing, is that we're categorising these teams by their reputation and by their history rather than what's in front of us. We're doing exactly the same thing. And the reality is, is that in previous seasons where we've survived and we've got beaten off the likes of United and Chelsea, um, and we've been able to get the bonus points off the likes of Newcastle and Villa, they were the opposite way around. This season, the Newcastles and the Villas have taken those top four spots. The Uniteds and the Chelsea's are the ones that we need to be looking to get bonus points from. And we've already lost one of those opportunities. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a really good opportunity for the bonus points that the likes of Wolves have already got and, and people like that. So, yeah, I'm 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 starting to come round to that very much now and thinking, you know what, this is a, this is a side that we need to capitalise against. Um are you expecting any changes in the team? Do you expect him to go a little bit more stronger in terms of physicality? Do you expect him to make any changes in defence? What's your, what's your thinking here? I think the only change you'd perhaps be tempted to make is, is to put Brom Larson in from the start after being patted mm-hmm. out on the bench. Um, for me, I th- I'd like to see what we get out of Kaliosho if he makes a sort of sub-cameo appearance. You know, last season, Benson was... He was at his best when he was coming on yeah. at the end of game. Still is. Yeah, and I think as much as I, I like Kaliosha and he's and he's been really good, we've not had perhaps as much end product from him as we would like. So I, I think I'd like to see what he can do as an impact sub rather mm-hmm. than as a starter. I think that might be a good role for him, especially uh, with his age and the stage of development that he's at. So perhaps for me, I'd be tempted to to play Bramas and maybe even um, drop Ambini down to the bench version that role. And I think Ambini. We lack a bit of width when he's playing, you know, with Burge mm. and Foster in the team as well. So maybe Zorori and I was just going to say, do you bring, yeah, do you bring yeah. I think Burge has got to play. Um, and yes. Got to bring on. We had we had eyebrows raised in the first three games when he, but poor lad had only just come in. He just met his players and he had to play City, Villa and Spurs. And everyone was like, he's not doing very well. And then all of a sudden he came on against Forest, changed the absolute world. And now he's he's looking like, for me, he's got to be a starter. Um, I think he's got to. I think he's got to do all those. Um, okay, give me a match prediction. No score prediction, please. Score prediction, please, Tom. Uh, I would probably come off the turf happy with a draw, but let's go for a two-one victory. Love it, love it, Dave. Come on, is this a must-win? This is not a must-win game. But do you actually? All joking aside, I'm not going to get him twice in two weeks for that. Um, are you feeling? Are you feeling relatively confident? Like we were just talking about then that that Chelsea is very much a side that we can hope to get some bonus points of, and and give me your score prediction as well at the same time. Um, it's probably a good time to play them in some respects. Early in the season, they've not had a fantastic start where they are on the table. If we do win on Saturday, we go within a point of them. They're mm. only on eight points. We'd go into the international break just a point behind them. Uh, we're at home. Um, yeah, I think if we if we play like we did against Manchester United with the added threat of uh, Lyle Foster in the team, I think we've got every chance of pulling off a, a victory. So I'm going to agree with Tom and go for a 2-1 win. Yes, I love this. Well, I'm going to do exactly the same. I am not. I am ruling with both heart and head. 
I think they're both telling me that it's going to be a Burnley win. Um, I think it's going to be a statement win. I'm going to go three one. Um, mm. I think I think we're going to. I think Foster's on fire. I think we're going to get it right. I think we're going to score early and Chelsea are going to have a wobble. I think it'll go to 2-1 and they'll pull one back and they'll try and get an equaliser and we'll score a late third. That's how I think it's going to go. Um, listeners, let us know how you think the game is going to finish. We want some score predictions from you, please. Um, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, drop us a comment in the comment section. Um, while you're there, don't forget to hit subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss any episodes. Um, those of you who are listening to the audio version of this through our podcast channels, you can drop us a line on any of our social media platforms or drop us an email at podcast nonandever.net uh, Dave hit us up with your final stat ahead of that Chelsea game please and let us have your miscellaneous stat of the week yes we've got a bonus stat of the week uh, in our last preview show we mentioned that Burnley already had a hat-trick of away league wins against Luton Town at Kenilworth Road of course that run we extended to four matches following our 2-1 victory on Tuesday although this is our best current away league sequence there are two clubs against which Burnley have achieved a run of five away league wins. They were against Hull City. That was between uh, 2010 and 2015. We had five consecutive away wins there. And perhaps more surprisingly, the only other one is Manchester United. Between 1914 and 1921, either side of the First World War, we managed five away wins against Manchester United as well. That's a great start. Love it. Um, okay, housekeeping before we leave, please. An FPL reminder. Now, for game week eight, there are no matches on Friday evening, but Luton Town do take on Spurs in the Saturday lunchtime kickoff at 12.30. So you've got until 11 a.m. FPL managers um, to finalise any transfers, changes to start in 11, or play any of your remaining chips, those magic beans that they like to confuse us with. Um, now, these are the last matches before the next set of international matches. So we are hoping to bring you an other FPL update episode during the international break where Adam will give us all of the news from our known and ever FPL league. And as Adam would say for this week, green arrows to you all. I don't actually know if I'm saying that right, you know. Adam, if you do listen to this podcast, I'm going to test him now because if he doesn't reply, I know he's not listening. Adam, am I saying that right? Green arrows to you all. Let me know. We, we, need, we, need, a, we need a paddle with green arrows we can hold up. And when you <gasps> Oh, I should totally do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. For the next show, I'll have green arrows to you all. Um, finally then, Dave, quiz answers, please. Tom, give us your guesses. You thought you had two. Did you get them right? I would say the recent one would be Frank Sinclair. Good yeah. shout. Yeah, correct. Well and, done. Uh, I would, my guess, for, I'm not as sure about this one, but 70s and 80s, I would have said Ian Britton. Yes, that's the, <gasps> that's the one from that era. Yeah, two Tom Whitaker, you are my hero. Go on, then. Take us back to your childhood, Dave, and tell us who the 40s and 50s one was. <laughs> uh, Billy Gray was the uh, the third name. In terms of the numbers, Frank Sinclair played 92 league games for Burnley. He'd previously played 169 for Chelsea, 261 combined. Uh, Billy Gray played 120 league games for Burnley, 146 for Chelsea, 266 combined. And Ian Britton played more than 100 for both, 108 League games wow. for Burnley, uh, but before that, a long career at Chelsea, 263, 371 league appearances combined. Excellent stuff. Well, I hope you got some of those, if not all of them. If anybody got three at home, drop us a line on our social medias and let us know. We'd love to give you a shout out. Um, that's all we've got time for. The Clarets looking to capitalise on that first win of the system. Of the system. 
it's a rigged system, first win of the season and get a little bit further away from that bottom three. Um, we're going to be looking to have a good win against Chelsea. Um, so let's see where we get to. If you're going to turf more, do raise the roof and help the boys over the line. Um, any other questions or comments you have in the meantime, you know how to get in touch with us. Thanks to Dave and Tom for joining us on this episode. And thanks as ever for you guys for tuning in. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. The Known and Never podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Our host and editor is Natalie Bromley and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonenever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.